Luke 5, there's this scripture, and let me just read it, because it's going to kind of set, it's, it's, it's going to set the placement, as it were, for a, a metaphor, a kind of picture that I want to bring to you this morning and, and talk to you for a little bit. Um, but I just pray that God would really touch your life this morning in this place. Amen. He's real. If you're a visitor, you've not come to a place of, of dead religion. And, and trust us, we're not noisy all the time either. Um, God doesn't require any hype to move. He's real. He's... He's in this room, and in fact, there's, there's the story uh, after Jesus rose uh, from the grave, and he's walking along with a couple of disciples who it says don't recognize him until afterwards. And they said to each other, did our hearts not burn within us? And uh, we need to get back to understanding what, what it feels like to walk with God sometimes. I know our feelings can be tricky, because let, let's be honest, I mean, sometimes we feel great, sometimes we feel lousy. Sometimes I feel like pizza, anybody, you know? Um, uh, but also, I don't know about you, but I mean, I've been in a week of, of prayer this week, and it's been an incredible turnout from across the, the region uh, for the encounter week. Uh, and my heart is still burning within me from having just stood in the presence of Jesus for a week. And uh, I just pray that your heart would burn within you too, not because of anything you do, because of who you stand close to. And if you didn't make it this week, well, you, the best wine is saved to last. Somebody smile at me. Thank you, John. Thank you. You can smile. Yeah, so we're going to have a good morning. We're going to get it all done in an hour. Well, we have to, so there's no, no messing about with that, right? Um, you know, when our hearts burn within us and we... It, it's often when God just comes close. Now I know he's omnipresent, he's always everywhere all the time, but what they call his manifest presence or God actually turning up to do something with so much more meaning. Um, it's like Zach can be in the same house as me, but that's different to being in the same room as me and that's different to having a cuddle with me, right? Zach is my son, by the way, if you're wondering. <laughs> Visitors, who's this Zach? <laughs> oh no, too many jokes in my head now. I've got to stop, got to stop. And you know, God just walks close. He says, I want to be close. Do you know that the word hug and the word healing come from the same root in the original kind of Hebrew language? Who needs a good therapy hug this morning? Right, that's where the word actually comes from. Ah, well, God's here. Amen? So relax your heart. Whatever your burdens you've come with, it's okay, we all come with burdens often. Whatever confusions you're carrying, that's okay. We all do from time to time. Um, let me just read you the scripture from Luke 5, and we're going to use it as a bit of a picture to set the scene. I want to talk about what I believe God is doing in our lives at the moment, and that's true for the church as a whole, and it's true for you if you're part of this family, and it may be true for you too if you're visiting this morning, and maybe that's why God got you here or your friend dragged you here, whichever way it works. Luke 5, 37 onwards says, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins because it, as it fermenting, it expands. That's the story there. The wine will run out and the wineskin will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. Let me just take you on a little bit of a journey. We're going to use that as our backdrop for our kind of picture, what we're talking about this morning. Um, your why, say my why. 
my Your why is incredibly important. It's not what you do that necessarily gives you energy. It's the why you do it that gives you energy. Having the correct vision is incredibly powerful. Do you know, um, Zach, my son, back to him, he's 10 years old. And who knows that 10-year-olds and 9-year-olds and 8-year-olds don't often like to walk far. Anybody with me? Right? You, can, you know, and... And, and the, the, when we do the church walk, which uh, Paul and Debbie organize, I mean, it's so true. You know, don't bring kids that are too young because they're just not going to make it. But um, we, were, we were blessed to go to Singapore and Australia uh, this year. And on the way back, so we'd already been abroad for a month. So you kind of got that been away too long kind of tiredness. And you've got that shock in your heart about how much money you've actually spent and how long it will take to actually pay it off. Anyway, let's not go there. Um, but on the way back through Singapore, we went out, I think it was six in the morning because the jet lag just worked that way. It might even have been earlier in Singapore. I didn't know at that time it's one of the safest cities in the world to go out. But we're out the wee hours, way before anybody. It's already 30 plus degrees temperature. That day, we walked for 17.3 miles with Zach, and he did not grumble once. Do you know how we did it? Zach, in two miles, there's a McDonald's with air conditioning. <laughs> and he just walked it. And then we're like, Zach, there's a cafe two miles from here, St. Andrew's Cathedral or whatever it's called. And we're going to go in there, air con and, and a milkshake. But he did not complain. Why? Because of vision. Every, he took that long journey in extreme heat as a 10-year-old, did not complain once. Why? Because there was an end in sight. Vision gives you energy. I mean, who knows? I mean, 17 miles in 32 degrees, but sometimes it can be, Zach, you need to get up in the morning, and he can't make it down the stairs until you say there's a milkshake at the bottom of the stairs. In other words, everything is about vision. Vision gives you energy. It's not what you do. Why do you do what you do? Who are you? How are you wired? Why do we as a church family do what we do? Our why is the most important thing. It tells us where we're going and it gives us energy. If you're lacking energy, perhaps you need to get your why back. Perhaps you've ended up doing a load of things that aren't connected to your why. You're just stuck in the what. And so you, you're, you're, you're rot in the boredom of just doing stuff. But if you've got a sense of, this is why I'm on the planet. Come on, someone. It's why, it's why I'm here. Gives you energy. Do you know the secret to discipline is not being disciplined? The secret to discipline is vision. Vision gets you up in the morning. Vision helps you go further. If you've got a vision to lose weight, you'll run further. You'll eat better. As soon as it actually becomes your vision, something changes inside of you. Now, the vision of this church is that we will be a place that inspires revival. My passion, because I saw it years ago in visions, and I, well, I'll come on to more stuff a bit later on, but I know God wants to touch Hull with a move of his spirit and his great. He wants to touch this nation, this region with a move of revival. I've seen in the spirit the, the, the power of God touching parliament, the power of God touching the media, miracles reported in primetime media. And some of these things have started to happen. Uh, stadiums being filled with people seeking God and experiencing his glory. Not just having a nice bit of Christian music, but our hearts are strangely warmed. God turns up. And we have an encounter with God. I believe God wants to transform Europe. 
Do you know, uh, whether or not, it almost certainly is now, Brexit happens, there's still a revival move that links through prophetic words, Britain and Europe through the ages. Something that we seek God for here, and of course many others across the country and beyond, seeking God for a move of his spirit that will see lives transformed. Oh, Vicky told me a, a, a brilliant little metaphor the other day. Do you know, interesting I hope you're praying for Australia and for the situation with the Australian fires. And I'm not in any way making light of it at all. We need to pray for that. But Vicky came out with this great line. You need, you're going to do a blog about it soon, I think. But have you noticed how the Australian fires create their own weather systems? Does anybody want to be set on fire this morning and create a new weather system over Hull? Whose house needs a new weather system? Yeah. Anybody need a bit of, you know, raining money, raining health, raining healing, raining well-behaved kids? Anybody? Well, not more kids, just better behavior, just raining the good behavior bit, right? Who needs a change of climate in their home, in their workplace, in their own mind, in their own body? If you set yourself on fire, it will change the climate over your life. That's what a revival is. Wesley used to say, I set myself on fire and the whole world came to watch. And that man changed the climate in the nation along with his brother and other ministers like Whitfield who were ministering at the same time. There was on fire believers all across the nation and they transformed the weather. That was the same era when Wilberforce was around and transformed the weather in the world. If you want to change the climate in the world, and you know I'm using a metaphor here, right? If you want to change the spiritual climate... If we just set ourselves on fire, the weather systems will begin to change. My heart's cry is, God, set us ablaze. I can't do boring church. I would rather play golf because I've noticed Jesus is on the golf course too. Anybody? I wish he'd help me more. Anyway, let's not go there. We're not here to play religion. God wants to do something remarkable in our nation, and I know we have a small but significant part to play in that. Not just coming from my own mouth, but many, many of our friends across the nation and the nations know this church is part of God doing something remarkable in the nation. Amen? That's our why. That's why we do. That's why we've got eight locations. That's why we stretch ourselves. I think Laura worked out we did something like 450-odd meetings last year across the region and beyond. Why? Because we're longing for revival. We don't just want to sing songs and preach nice little sermons and moralize and try and make everybody feel a little bit better. I want God to move in our nation. That's, that's why we pray. That's why we long. Because Jesus said to pray like this. Ask for on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So God, that's our why. God moving. Anybody need a little revival in their own heart this morning? That's our why. And um, so I was back to the little picture about wine and wineskins. That's the wine. God pouring out his wine of revival. And I use that picture. God pouring out his spirit. God pouring out his presence. His glory moving. It's the good stuff. But have you noticed there's a wineskin as well as the wine? And just as I was praying this week, I felt God saying, because <clears throat> people like me always like it when it's exciting. Right? I'm just wired that way. It's, <laughs> I, I'm classic 21st century. I always believe the next year is going to be better than the last. All the charts have to go up, right? It's not actually that healthier way to think, to be honest. But what I do know is this. 
Though there's the wine of all that God wants to do, he actually spends a lot of time working on the wineskin. And he said to me this week, I want you to understand, Jared, formation is more important than fulfillment. If you don't deal with formation properly, if you don't become all that you need to become, forget praying for wonderful moves of the Spirit, for the wonderful wine of the Spirit, you need to be formed and cooperate with my formation of you to become all that you're called to be. Um, now, I've found in life that God, God, God deals with us in, in several ways, in different seasons and different moments. And I suppose you could say it this way. You know, God graciously gives us foretastes of what he wants to do. And I, I remember graphically foretastes of God moving in incredible ways in 1990 and 94 and 96 and 2011 and 12 and 13. And I think, oh God, this is incredible. This is wonderful. It accounts for about five years of my nearly 50 years. Only about five years where I go, oh, this smells like, feels like what I think church should be like. Miracles, signs, wonders, hundreds, if not thousands getting saved. This is what I believe God wants to do. But they're foretastes. Actually, most of my life, and I'm saying this because I hope you catch the picture for you too. Most of my life has been formation, even more than foretaste. 45 years of, okay, let's deal with your character. 45 years of, let's get you thinking straight. And revived, do you know what God is doing among us? He is doing a formation work. He is building a wineskin fit for the wine. Somebody say amen. You know, he's, he, he, you feel, when you're making a wineskin in these, in these times when Jesus was talking, do you know, it was purified by high temperatures. Oh, joy of joys. Anybody get the picture? There's, there's trials and struggles and, and adjustments going on in our lives as God moves in us and he does stuff to us. Do you know the Bible actually talks about some things that God does to you in his love? I'll use the actual biblical word, will be unpleasant at the time. Fridge magnet, anybody? But afterwards, it'll bring forth a harvest of righteousness. Who knows that the hand of God is working in them? And if you're like me, I long for fulfillment. But God's saying, no, formation. I'm still dealing with your insecure thinking. I'm still making you more loving, more selfless. I'm growing you up. Anybody? He's, he's working on me. He's working on you. Listen, he's working on us as a church because if our heart is to see revival in the region and the nation and beyond, then, well, we've put rather a large prayer before God or he's put rather a large task before us, whichever way you want to put it. And it means this, okay, then I'm going to fit you ready for glory. <sighs> and that's going to take a while. He knows that God takes longer than you want. Takes it forever to do something suddenly, have you noticed? In fact, I was listening to some people just, just the other day, and they were talking about destiny and get this picture because, again, if we only caught that this is how God works, most of our lives is formation. We have fulfillment, but most of it is formation. In fact, let's use Jesus' life as an example of how many of our heroes operated. Are you ready for it? Born, grow, train, wait, fulfillment die. Born, grow, grow up, learn, become humble, 
I think it's going to take me 120 years to get there for that one, right? I'm the best at humility. Anyway, um, grow, train, stretch, high temperature, thankfully a little foretaste of, yeah, no, keep going, you're on the right track, but I'm forming you so when the wine comes, you can contain it. I felt God say this week, I could pour out the wine of my presence and my glory, the wine of revival, any moment. I could do it easily. I could transform nations in a day, but it would wreck you. Evan Roberts enjoyed the Welsh revival, but have not had five nervous breakdowns. Do you know that it takes a lot to actually walk through the pressure of carrying God in a hurting and broken world? Most of our heroes, they were run out of town. They were persecuted. They were stoned. When Wesley wasn't being persecuted, he used to pray, God, there must be something wrong. Nobody's persecuting me. And one day you would have found him in a field praying, God, what's wrong with me? I must have lost my fire, Lord. Nobody is persecuting me. Oh, God, forgive me that I'm not persecuted. And a man walking along the road next to him could hear him pray over the hedge. So he picked up a rock and threw it over the hedge. It hit, it hit Wesley on the head and he said, thank you, Lord, I've been persecuted. Do you know he's going to burn out of you all longing for comfortable Christianity? If revival's going to hit the West, there's a lot of growing up for us to do. <laughs> it's a good message this morning. Anybody encouraged? But listen, if we understand, because in this world where you're supposed to make it yourself and every year is supposed to be better than the last, but you hear the still, small, calm voice of heaven saying, trust me, I'm forming you. Just trust me. But God, I, I want so much more to happen. Jared, live in the moment that you were in and stop hankering for the next moment. Fully hear what I am doing in you. And some of us are longing for, I guess, things like the fulfillment of our gift, the recognition of our talent, the fulfillment of a dream. And God's saying, no, 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 just, just pause a minute. Gift is easy. Character, becoming like Christ is what it's all about. God has several ways of forming us. And I, I want to finish quite quickly in a minute because I want to give some time to this first one. Um, he has four ways of forming us, but I'm not going to get them done today. We're just going to do one. Is that all right? Um, now, some of them are quite... I'm going to do one of the nice ones. Is that okay? Because it's early in the year. Because like I say, some of the way he forms us the Bible says they're unpleasant, and I want to talk about it soon. Is that okay? For you to understand the baptism of suffering, the disciplines of heaven, you will think the devil's being nasty to you, and actually God is forming you. God, God disciplines us, the Bible says. If, uh, huh, it's a fun message, isn't it? Bridge magnet time. Some of the epistles, I think it's First Timothy, talks about in the last days there'll be a great deception. And the sign of it will be that people won't listen to their consciences anymore. They'll be hard-hearted. They go, ah, not sin. It's just love, 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 love. You can't read the Bible and just go, the gospel is just love, 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 love. Now, I agree in our outreach and our kingdom influence, we need to go and love people, okay? So we're not the cranky judgmental ones. I get that. But listen, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you're going to wrestle with God. I mean, if you want to be the real thing, the real deal. And if we don't understand, sometimes we think we're wrestling with the devil or with our husband 
with our pastor or whatever, or our boss at work, and actually God's wrestling us. We say, come on. Picture of Jacob there. He said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Until you realize that the wrestle is blessing you, you will never understand God. And we think, see, the danger of pulpits like this is we sometimes preach, you know, tiptoe through the daisies, blab it, grab it. You you just confess it and you'll never have a bad feeling in your life. Listen, sometimes because of the disciplines of heaven, I'm not talking about it today, but we're there anyway, aren't we? Sometimes because of the disciplines of heaven, life just feels a bit rubbish. And you might be in the middle of that right now. Now, it might not be heaven. It, It might be the devil or it might be your own stupidity. But sometimes it's God. So, no, I've got you. But I want more petulant children. No. Walk with me and trust me. Trust me. Imagine Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit at the Jordan. He would have been like, that's it. 30 years I've been waiting. More as the Holy Spirit says, right, into the wilderness. (laughs) More wrestling? Yes. But we'll come to that another time. Should we do the nicest way that God forms us? Is that all right? Should we do it? I could do it in five minutes, I think, and then we can pray. God forms us by his Holy Spirit working in our lives. God's Spirit transforms us. Um, You were mentioning clouds earlier, Darren. It made me think, you know, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about being baptized into the cloud. Hebrews talks about the basics of faith and how different sorts of baptisms need to be understood. There's more than just the Holy Spirit and, and, and being baptized in water. There's baptisms of suffering. There's, there's quite a few different baptisms. One of them is being baptized into the cloud of God. What happened to the children of Israel as they wandered through the desert? You've got this wonderful picture of a cloud that, of God's glory that guided them and protected them through the desert and brought them wisdom through the desert. And the picture when we get come to the New Testament is this, that we're to be baptized into the cloud. 